Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 195. What is going on? I am your host, Matt O'Leary. I will be hanging out with you guys talking New York Jets football, one of my favorite things to do. We are getting into the personnel changes the New York Jets could be making, as well as getting into why this game against the Buffalo Bills has pretty much turned into an elimination game now. How could we possibly see An elimination game in November, Matt, when there's still so much more time remaining in the season. We will get into that. Uh, And, of course, we will get into your voicemails. we got to hear from you, your ranting and raving. I probably will do some as well, but we need to hear some from you. Uh, But while we... Before we do all of that, we got to talk about the lovely sponsor of the program, Manscaped, ready to spice up your Thanksgiving as we dive headfirst into the mountains of mashed potatoes and cranberry sauce. Let's talk about the unsung hero of the holiday season. That's right. That is the Manscaped Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. This is my favorite addition to the Manscaped lineup. I've been with them since the Lawnmower 3.0. It's gotten progressively better each time. That's right. It's time to go cold turkey. Get it? Cold turkey on your old razor and take care of your own turkey leg with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. Visit Manscaped.com and use my promo code JETS20, that is J-E-T-S-2-0 for 20% off and free shipping. Enjoy Thanksgiving in style. Gobble, gobble, boys. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> All right, let's talk about uh, the New York Jets and the changes that they should make. Now, we found out earlier in the week, Robert Sala says that they will be not making a quarterback change or a play caller change after not scoring an offensive touchdown in 36 drives it's been two straight games without a touchdown they haven't scored since the first half against the new york giants uh and no change to the coordinator or the quarterback and to be fair two things both of these things can be true uh at the same time but it doesn't necessarily justify keeping the status quo Zach Wilson was not the sole reason why they lost against the Raiders. He was mostly okay or fine for a majority of that game. Nathaniel Hackett's relationship with Aaron Rodgers is preventing him from getting, I don't know if fired's the right word, but even just taking away the play calling. I don't think that's a realistic option. So really you're only left with your change, big change could be at quarterback, but Trevor Simeon, they refuse to elevate to the game day roster for whatever reason. And Tim Boyle hasn't, I don't think he's ever taken his coat off uh, since he's been with the New York Jets on the sideline. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's just there to hold a clipboard uh, and to wear a hat and to have a headset on and listen to Nathaniel Hackett and maybe talk to Zach Wilson. That's, I think, his only reason for for being here. Uh, But... The Jets will make changes. They they made it pretty clear. Robert Sala made it pretty clear that they're going to make some changes on the offensive side of the ball. And boy, do they need it because, oh my God, just how putrid of a performance could you possibly see? Now, there were some nice moments and drives from this game, but that's unfortunately all you're getting are these little moments and fractions in time that almost never result in a touchdown. Like, you get the, un- the unbelievable Zach Wilson throw, uh, the no-look pass to Alan Lazard. Great, it picks up a first down. Was it a scoring play? Was it a touchdown? No, it wasn't. And while there are, you know, every single week, a handful of plays, you know, there's probably three plays in every game, and you go, wow, I'm not sure there's many quarterbacks can do that. But the end of the day, they're not scoring. They're not putting up production. And it's the same song and dance that's been going on for years now with this team. They just can't figure it out. So what changes can they actually make? I'm going to try to predict what Robert Sala is going to do. And I'll give my advice on what I would do differently outside of, you know, again, we're not talking a coordinator, uh, a change of play calling or a, a change at the quarterback position. But I think the first thing that we will see happen is Michael Carter being inactive and Izzy Abanacanda being activated. 
Now, earlier in the season, one of the reasons why Robert Sala has said that Izzy Abanacanda has not been active is because of personnel, uh, of, excuse me, I'm sorry, um, of pass blocking. There we go. Pass pro situations. He hasn't fully been up to speed there yet, and he doesn't have a role on special teams. You could sell me on the pass pro being important, right? But, I, I mean, obviously it is important, but... The special team, him not being able to carve out a special teams role for a reason for not being active is kind of strange because neither Michael Carter or Dalvin Cook play on special teams. So I don't know why he has to have that exclusive designation uh, in order to be elevated to the active roster. He adds an explosive element that the Jets don't have outside of Brees Hall. And you know, to be fair, it wasn't a fantastic Brees Hall game on the ground against the Raiders. I do think a big reason for that is two things. One, teams are expecting the run. And number two, for whatever reason, they insisted on running to the right side of the offensive line, which is a weaker side for this New York Jets offense uh, right now that's featuring Xavier Newman and Max Mitchell as the right side. But also they're running at Max Crosby, who's one of their better run defenders this is not a good run defending team in the Raiders and they decided to run at the one player who's a pretty good run defender so I, I the logic just didn't add up there but both Michael Carter and Dalvin Cook aren't necessarily explosive backs and I will give credit to Dalvin Cook I thought this was probably his best game as a Jet uh, but he only got three carries in this game so you know they're they're feeding him, trying to get him going when he doesn't have it, and then when it looks like he does have a little bit of something, he has some you know a handful of carries early in the game and looks okay, and then doesn't get the ball again after that, which is is just strange. But Michael Carter was benched after his penalty, and he had a drop. I, I'm I'm calling it a drop. Others will not because it was uh, it, it's debatable on whether it was tipped or not at the line of scrimmage. The issue is you get the benefit of the doubt. For instance, Garrett Wilson also dropped the pass, and he fumbled last week. Garrett Wilson made two mistakes, one in each of the last two games. And the reason why I'm not harping on Garrett Wilson or going in on Garrett Wilson is because he has earned the benefit of the doubt. Same with Brees Hall, who hasn't real. It's not like he's run you know, wild the last few weeks. He gets the benefit of the doubt, because they are one of the few players that you can consistently say have made plays for this team on offense. You can't hold them to, or you know hold them to this such a accountability of me getting on here and ripping into Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall when they are the only reasons they get in the end zone. The only times they do get in the end zone are with those two guys. They have one touchdown on offense. That's not either of those two guys. Uh, two, excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, Nick Bauden as well. But think about the touchdowns they scored. The last one was a check down to Brees Hall that he took 50 yards. Uh, before that, against the Eagles, was when you took a you had a, a run that they let you in on the end zone in, but a Brees Hall run. Before that was a huge uh, Brees Hall run in Denver. Then Garrett Wilson taking a slant uh, against Dallas, 70 yards. And then you had an unbelievable catch of the year nominee in week one from Garrett Wilson. So forgive me for not getting on Garrett for those drops, but getting on Michael Carter, who it's happened a lot this year. And he doesn't have any of those net positive plays that matters. And I I think that is the first thing or first area where we're going to see, uh, a switch and a change. The second thing that I would do, so we're activating Izzy, benching Carter. That's something I would do, and that's something that I think is going to happen, by the way, because we didn't really see Michael Carter after the penalty. I would activate Jason Brownlee uh, and see less Alan Lazard as a as a as a reason for that. And Lazard, man, I he has really, really, really struggled for weeks now which is unfortunate. Um, I, I was relatively excited about getting Alan Lazard in here. Price tag was a touch high, but I thought he would be a good wide receiver three option. And then Corey Davis retires uh, and Miko Hardman gets traded away and he's your bona fide number two. And that's not really his strength. I liked his run blocking ability and I thought he'd be a red zone threat. And he has one touchdown, and it came in the red zone, which is 
a plus, but way, 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 way too many mistakes after that. Way too many mistakes after that. Um, but with what Jason Brownlee has is, yes, this is an undrafted free agent, and you might have to temper expectations, but he was making plays, acrobatic plays, contested catches throughout training camp, and he has a relationship or a rapport with Zach Wilson, which I think is something that can't go unstated. I mean, we've seen Xavier Gibson come in and play well, but think about this. Through the entirety of the offseason, Zach was QB2 and running with the twos. And guys like Jason Brownlee, Malik Taylor, Xavier Gibson, guys like that were running with the twos. So it wasn't like Zach was throwing to Lazard or, you know, or, or Garrett a ton. There were moments where it happened, of course, but he has that relationship because Brownlee has mostly played throughout training camp with Zach. So maybe there's a connection there. And who knows, you can't score in the red zone, so why not get a guy who could go up and catch the football and put him on the field? I liked Brownlee a lot in training camp. I, I was hope I was banging the drum for him to make the team, and you know, he's finally been activated a couple times recently. Hasn't had much of a role yet, but I'm I'm team Brownlee. Get him out there, man. Especially with Lazard struggles. And then finally, the last seemingly obvious one, I think, is even less CJ Uzama who had two costly, costly penalties, who's been a liability in the run game all year long with his poor blocking. And more Jeremy Ruckert, who you drafted in the third round last year, has been your best blocking tight end for the last two years, really, but we'll just focus on this year. Best blocking tight end. And who's looked okay in a small sample. Yeah, there was mistakes in in the Chargers game. But that's one instance where Uzama's having these weekly mistakes. Uzama and Michael Carter are two guys who seem to make costly, costly, costly mistakes every single week. Every week with those guys. And I get it. Like, they're both more so Uzama, right? As he's been around the league much longer and is a leader in the locker room and a veteran. Well, stand them next to, here's what you deal with. Stand them next to to Randall Cobb and let those two guys teach from the sideline with their sweatshirts on. Maybe you don't make Uzama inactive because the Jets love to use three tight ends, but make the distinction of Uzama being that number three tight end and have Ruckert in there significantly more as the tight end too. That's what I would do. Conklin's been really efficient in the passing game, especially. Um, I think he's had a much, much better year than where he was last year, even if the production ends up being slightly similar. Uh, he's a reliable piece. Uzama hasn't been reliable. I'm, I am more in on Jeremy Rucker. And I think those are the personnel changes that I would expect to see. I don't really see much else changing. Maybe on the offensive line uh, with Dwayne Brown coming back, but I don't know where you put him in. I got to give credit to Max Mitchell. I thought he held up well against Max Crosby, all things considered. Uh, and Mekhi Becton, I think, has done a fine job on the left side. He had a really, really bad game against the Giants, but outside of that, I think he's been mostly fine. And the penalties with Mekhi has gone away. Penalties have been elsewhere on the team, unfortunately. They have seven-plus penalties six games in a row, which is just unacceptable. Uh, but... Those would be my changes. I'm interested to hear what you guys uh, would change as well. So get after me uh, on social media or in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. And then finally, I want to, or not necessarily finally, but the second thing that I want to get into before we do your phone calls here and your voicemails is why this game is essentially an elimination game. You're saying, I mean, I thought the Jets would be dead after losing to the Raiders. And they kind of were, right? Playoff chances go down. Uh, originally I did a video where it was like 54 to 25%, but after some other results, it went down to 3%. It's been bumped up to 6% after the, the bills loss, but it's the five and five bills against the four and five jets. So unless they tie, which is something I haven't seen the jets do, which maybe that, I mean, Hey, there's always a time for that. Maybe they, one of these teams, rather, one of these teams is going to come out of there with six losses. And in the AFC, it is going to be incredibly, incredibly difficult to climb out of a hole like that because of how stacked it is. Of the wild card teams, you have the Steelers at six and three, the Browns at six and three, and then the seven seed right now is Houston 
at five and four. The Bengals are five and four on the bubble as the eight. The Colts are five and five as the nine. Bills five and five are the ten. Raiders five and five are the eleven. Chargers four and five are the twelve. And then finally you have the Jets at four and five who are the 13th seed. So they have a lot of ground to make up. But a win would really hurt the not only you know help elevate you over Buffalo and get you just back on track in general after dropping two in a row. But something else that it would do is it's you know again really hurting your buff the Buffalo Bills chances and they have not looked good at all. They've looked really bad. They are not the same team without Matt Milano and Trey uh, Tredavious White. It's obvious to me that they're not. But here lies the problem. There is a major, major, major problem. And it goes back to what we talked about in the lead in the first part. They can't score. The Jets can't score points. They have one touchdown in their last three games. And even if the defense, which has played great not only all season, but specifically against the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. The last two years, they have done a fantastic job of limiting Josh Allen and keeping them in games. They're 2-1 and one against Josh Allen and the Bills, and in the loss, they held the Bills to, I believe it was 22 points. Wasn't that a 22-12 to 12 game last year for the Jets? I believe it was. Uh, that was the Mike White game where he got his... He got folded up like an accordion by Matt Milano uh, in that game, and that pretty much ended the Jets' season, but... I would love to go into this game with confidence, with a lot of confidence, but I can't. And the reason why I can't, but we can still talk about, not saying that it's a guarantee that it's going to happen, but it is an option there that the Jets could stay in this thing. But they have to show me that they can score. It would be it would be great if the Jets hold the Bills to 17 points or 20 points, somewhere in that. We'll call it, 14 to 20 points, somewhere in that range. Because you know, for all their struggles and for Josh Allen's turnover problems, which have you know reared its ugly head at points this year, they are going to get the ball into the end zone, even against the great Jets defense. So you're looking at Adam, worst, you know, again, best case scenario, maybe you're giving up 14 points. Can the Jets score 14 points? They have it in three weeks. 13, 6, and 12 are their point totals the last three weeks. So my biggest fear for this game is the defense does its job like usual and you lose the game 16-9. That would be a, essentially a repeat of what just happened. <laughs> you lost the game 16-12 to the Raiders because you couldn't score a touchdown. And the defense did its job. It created two turnovers. It sacked the quarterback. They made plays. And I see people, and I get it, with the, you know, critiquing the run defense. And I I hear you. I, I really hear you. And I do think that there can be improvements on the run defense. I think losing Al Woods also really hurt their run defense. But at the same time, I have very, I have a very, very, very hard time expelling any energy on critiquing this Jets defense when night in and night out, they do their job and it's the offense that lets them down. That's what it, the story has been in this game. They, If you hold an opponent to 16 points, more often than not, you should win the game. Pretty much the only game they didn't do their job was that Dallas game where they allowed 30 points. That was the worst game of the season. They allowed 30 points. But in every other game this year, 16 to the Bills, 15 to, well, not even 15, really 13 to the Patriots because there was a safety in that game. 23 to the Chiefs, 23 points against the Chiefs. Denver Broncos put up 21 points, 14 to the Eagles, 10 to the Giants, 20 to the Chargers. There was a special team score, so it's 20. And by the way, those 20 points, the two touchdown drives, the ball was gifted to them on the two-yard line and the 50-yard line off of fumbles and 16 points. 
and they have lost games this year going in reverse order. 16 points, 20 points, 23, and 13 points, and have lost those games. That's unbelievable. And it goes on the offense, who they've scored over 20 points this year, one, two, three times. Three times. And two of those times, one, you got a special team score in the first one against Buffalo, where you put up 22 points, and the second one against the Eagles, they let Brees Hall into the end zone. They let him in. So if you take out games where the other team allowed the New York Jets into the end zone, so see you, Philly, and if you take out special team score and are just looking at the times offenses have put up 20 points, you know what your answer is? It's, it's zero. It's zero because then you have to take out that there's a safety in the Chiefs game. So if you're looking at just this offense, again, not any not not a special teams, not a defensive score, not a let into let a guy walk into the end zone because uh our, we couldn't handle the end of a game. Uh and we thought that was the best way to get back in this game. They just haven't scored over 20 points once with just their offense. <laughs> We're approaching Thanksgiving. I I know it's their backup quarterback. I know Zach Wilson's not great. I know Nathaniel Hackett's not great. But even by accident, teams are scoring 25 points. It just happens. Oh, my God. It is just so unbelievably frustrating at times with this team. I'm sorry. But that the narrative again changes. They have a chance here. If they get to 5-5 and and beat the Buffalo Bills... And if some miracle happens and the Raiders rattle off three in a row and the Raiders beat Miami, then they're playing Miami for first place. <laughs> this this year is just so bizarre. Again, I'm not my prediction is I don't think next week I'm talking to you guys about a potential first place matchup between the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets. I, I would not predict that. The NFL's weird, and they're still somehow not out of it after these abysmal performances, but Anyway, let's get into your voicemails now. We have a bunch to get into today. I am excited to get us rocking and rolling with, guess who, Constantine with his thoughts right after the New York Jets' embarrassing loss. Hey, Maddie, this is Constantine from PA. How are you, sir? I'm redoing my message with you. My first one, I had kind of a brain freeze. But I just finished watching the game against the Raiders. Again, we come off short because we can't find the end zone. I mean, I'm going to ask you a question, and I'll pause for a second. Can you tell me the last time we scored an offensive touchdown without looking it up? Because I can honestly try to think, and I can't remember. And that's pretty sad. It's pretty sad for a number of reasons. Number one, because the football field's only 100 yards. And when you get past the 50, you only got to go half the distance to get in the end zone. Unfortunately for us, we get to the... 10 or five yard line and we go backwards holding penalties false starts uh broken plays interceptions fumbles it's ridiculous it's it's really hard to watch but what i also wanted to ask you was as far as the defense is concerned which again did a yeoman's job played hard uh i know mosley got hurt so i hope to god he's not hurt too seriously because we definitely can't afford to lose them. But here's my thing, okay? I want to ask you. I'm going to name four teams, and you tell me if those teams would be a playoff team or a Super Bowl contender had they had their offense and our Jets' defense, okay? The first team is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes. Okay. The second team is the Indianapolis Colts. Possibly, yeah, probably. Okay. The third team is the Houston Texans. Definitely. Okay. And the fourth team is the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, yes. Now, as far as I'm concerned, our defense is world-class. But you can't keep a defense out there the entire game 
and expect them to do the same thing week after week. Yep. We're starting to break down on that side of the ball. And unfortunately, our competition is going to get even tougher. Now, you and I both know we got Buffalo in Buffalo, then we got Miami, and then we got a shitload of good teams, one right after the other. I mean, we're lucky if we win two or three more games the rest of the season, unless we do something drastically on the offense. I'm not even going to mention you know whose name because you know how I feel about it, so I'm not going to waste my time with that. Totally fair. But real quickly, no yes. I want to say thank you to all the veterans. And if anybody yells death to America and burns our flag, everybody that's out there, you have a responsibility to tell them to go fuck themselves. And if they don't like it, they can leave it. They can get the fuck out of this country. We don't need them. Okay. And that's right at the three-minute mark. So you got that in, in the end. I will say uh, both my grandparents, uh, my dad's side, uh, served in the Army. My uh my grandfather during World War II. My grandfather and my grandmother was a nurse for the army, uh, and stationed over in Africa. Cool story. Uh, she gave birth to my dad's oldest sister while she was over in Africa. So the running joke was that my my aunt Barbara was our African American aunt. Well, kind of true, not exactly true, but that is the. Uh, little Matt O'Leary, O'Leary family history you get in there. Um, yeah, so thank I absolutely thank you to the veterans. And uh, to get into Constantine's reaction, it's frustrating when you have an offense that's as talented as, or uh, excuse me, a defense that is as talented as it is with an offense that just really, really, really struggles to do anything anything it's <laughs> uh but you're right like you put just about any other offense in here from like 20 the 20th to 25th best offense and up with this jets defense and they are a legitimate contender it's wild it is wild that they are that bad let's go to jay in jersey and do uh some playoff talk potentially maybe hey what's up man calling in uh, monday morning uh after the jets lost to the raiders um a couple things first i wonder what the uh playoff chances go to if we were to pull off a win against the bills and then miami since they're both in the division like i'm curious i don't know if there's like a calculator for that but if you know that percentage That'd be cool uh, to share. Um, also, I think it's fair to say in the run game, seems like Brees is in a little bit of a slump here. I mean, when he's a pass catcher, he's doing great. But, I mean, I don't know if it's the line or what. But, I, honestly, Cook looked better as a rusher yesterday. I don't think that's crazy to say. Um, again, I thought Zach played pretty good. Um, besides that crucial interception, which, I mean, should happen. But can't happen there, but it did. Um, besides the back-breaking pocket, interception. His pocket presence looked a little, like, looked, looked better yesterday besides that one sack he got. Um, was getting the ball out pretty quick. He looked better. It almost uh, seems like, I, I don't know, it's weird. It's like they let him throw it more. I don't know, man. It's like they freaking, like they open up the playbook or something. I don't know. It's so weird. It's like weird how, like, up and down this offense can be. But I did. I do think they move the ball pretty well. On offense, I just wasn't enough, obviously. But uh, yeah, not sure. If you if you do know that percentage, though, after if if we were to win against Bills and Dolphins, just curious what that would be. Not even really confident about either of those games. Uh, but just curious. So anyway, just uh, want your thoughts on the game, and if you have that percentage, man, it'd be cool. Um, go Jets. Yeah, I looked into it. Um, unfortunately, there was no site that would let you do, like, I'm trying to think of the right word even on this, uh, but there was no site where you could put in, like, if this happens, what does it change to kind of a thing, uh, which would have been interesting, but yeah, I uh, I think it would increase dramatically because we're, if they win the next two... Then, then they are six and five. You could survive at six and five, and with wins in the division, 
because then Miami would be at worst also six and five or seven and four, one spot ahead of the Jets with another game remaining against Miami. So you'd be in it for the division. And honestly, the division might be the easier of the two. Not easy in general. It's not going to be easy in general to make the to win the division, uh, but it might be easier than going through the wild card. We have some breaking news while I am recording this. It's not going to be breaking while the time you are listening to this, but I've said it before a few times. I record the show on Tuesday afternoon, evening, so that it could be read, uh, edited and scheduled out to be released on Wednesday. And while we were recording this, the New York Jets start with a big-time personnel move. They release, straight-up release, running back Michael Carter. There's some accountability. Look, I liked Carter as a rookie. I did. I liked the pick, and I liked him as a rookie. I thought there was some promise. The last two years, he's been really, really bad. Really bad. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. But, yeah, the, the Jets just decide to move on from Michael Carter, and it's going to be Izzy Abanacanta time, which is something that I said in the start, and you're probably commenting <laughs> down below already if you were listening to the part, and you're like, wait a minute. Matt, he's not on the team anymore. And uh, apologies, we weren't up to that part in the timeline yet. Uh, but, yeah, I am excited to see what Izzy Abanacanda has. And I'm glad that they held someone who was really well-liked in the locker room. Very accountable. So I, I, I'm a little surprised that they went straight release. I thought they would just make him inactive. But, yeah, that's 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 a surprise. But I can't say that I am um, completely down on it. Interesting. But, yeah, unfortunately, was not able to find, you know, what you plot. Like, if you were able to plug in, if this happens, then what does it change to? But right now, as of recording on Tuesday, there's no games by the time you'll be listening to this yet. Uh, on Wednesday, it's 6%. And I'm sure it would only drastically go up if they win the next two. Let's go to Dante in South Carolina up next. Hey, Matt. Dante from South Carolina calling after the Jets dunk up the joint in Vegas. I was going to buy tickets to that game. Thank God you did not. I did not. Um, I don't want to see Lagarde in a Jets jersey ever again. I know he wasn't a problem last night. I just want to get that out there. Uh, what I really meant to say was I don't want to see CJ Uzama on the freaking field anymore. Or I don't want to see him in a Jets jersey. I think they can take CJ Uzama. Michael Carter, the running back, and Nathaniel Hackett, I think they can just leave him in Vegas. Uh, at this point, Michael Carter is not adding anything to the field that Izzy Vanacanda uh, cannot do. He's not adding any, anything to the field that you and I can't do. We can both run a, a little curl route right behind the line and then drop a pass. What the, we can do that. Why am I not getting paid millions of dollars to do that? Um, I'm so mad that we are wasting the, the best defense in the league on an offense like this. It's not even Zach's fault, I, I, I don't think. I mean, when they let him loose, he does what he needs to do. Um, I, that interception was rough. But we also had a chance to, you know, kind of tie it up. Conklin freaking defends the Hail Mary. Oh, we can't. Uh, the refs don't see solid calling for a timeout for the first, like, seven, eight seconds. It was just a rough night, man. Um, I guess Aaron Rodgers can – keep his uh recovery uh you know speed i don't want to rush him back for a team like this right now uh it'd be nice to win a few games but at this point let zach finish out the season see what you got in him and then attack the draft go devils go jets Bye. uh i like the go devils in there i i got to take a break last night from watching my favorite team the New York Jets, who can't score, to watch my other favorite team, the New York Islanders, who also can't score. Uh, but the Rangers and the Devils are really good. So if you're uh, a New York sports fan who's a little down on the football season and want to try hockey to maybe get into it, there you go. Maybe watch one of those two teams. I can't do the on the Hail Mary play. It's a Hail Mary. That is the absolute like low of low percentage plays 
to to gloss over Dante, I love you, but to gloss over the bag breaking interception and then to go, well, the Hail Mary if Conklin didn't tip that down. Like that is just such a copium method. I'm so I'm sorry. There are three really, really, really good Zach Wilson plays a game that I could understand why people see those and think that they wanted to hold on to the hope that he could be the guy that he was when he was taken to overall or just to snap out of it. But there's no consistency. And letting him loose, they he's thrown a ton of passes the last two weeks. Over the last two weeks, he's thrown 39 against the Vegas Raiders. 40, Really, the last three weeks. 39, 49, and 36 passing attempts the last three games. And they have one passing touchdown. One. If, if you, and it was a, a check down that Brees Hall took 50 yards. 17 to 36, a 47.2 completion percentage, 241 touchdown, no picks, 78.5 rating against the Giants, against the Chargers, 33 of 49, 263, 67.3 completion percentage, no touchdowns, no picks, eight sacks, two fumbles lost, an 80.6 rating. Vegas, 23 of 39, 59 completion percentage, 263, no touchdowns, interception, 68.6 rating. He was better than when he where he was at at the end of last year. They still can't get the ball into the end zone. He's part, he is part of the reason. He's not the he's not the all the reason why they're struggling, but he is definitely a part of the reason why they can't get the ball into the end zone. Let's go Jake from uh Jake from NYC up next hey matt what's up jake from nyc uh i wanted to call in this week that that loss sounded with the uh the chargers game it broke me i had to log off the jet twitter for a bit um you know i guess i just wanted to get your thoughts on my feel my feeling right now which is i think it's time to put Sal and jd on the hot seat i mean you know i get it there's there's a lot of issues on this team there's a lot of issues on this offense I think stick with that. Okay, you're kind of breaking up a little bit, Jake. But I, I, we got the we were able to hear the J, the JD and Salah on the hot seat part. I think that's enough to, uh, you know, bring up a an interesting point here on the show, which is Salah and Joe Douglas's job security. I don't think it's unfair to be critical of either of those two guys. Because as you said, with the quarterback situation, that falls on Joe Douglas because they had an opportunity in March to add another quarterback, which they didn't. I talked about in March. I remember making, there's a video of me talking about Robert Sala saying that Zach Wilson is going to be the number two quarterback on this team. And I said that maybe they see something in him that he can improve to be that, but that's incredibly risky. And then in the first game of the season, four plays in, Aaron Rodgers goes down. And immediately during the game, after the game, all week, talking about how they have to get another quarterback in here, not even just to potentially bench Zach Wilson immediately, but to have a fallback option in case uh, and to you know give this team a chance if things go wrong. They don't. Trade deadline comes. Jacoby Brissett could be had for a day three pick doesn't get traded they don't inquire uh Josh Dobbs gets traded for a sixth he has five touchdowns in two games with the Vikings the Jets offense has or Zach Wilson has five passing touchdowns in nine games that is that is absolutely frustrating that is absolutely worthy of criticism and Salah the penalties have been a major major problem major issue for this football team and that falls on coaching undisciplined play falls on the coach Getting out coached by someone who is who didn't know the challenge rules and who was you know a linebackers coach two weeks ago is, is not good. That's that's not good enough, unfortunately. Let's go to Andrew from NYC. He wants to uh, talk about the quarterback evaluation from this team. Hey Matt, Andrew from New York City. Uh, What's up, man? Time fan. I just want to talk quickly about the Jets quarterback quarterback evaluation. 
it is evident that we are so subpar compared to the other teams in the NFL at our quarterback evaluation. And it's been our most glaring and biggest problem as an organization for my entire life. And I am so sick and tired of all the misses that we take. I mean, listen, we all were so excited this offseason to replace Zach Wilson. We were foaming at the mouth to replace him with anybody, with anybody, whether that be Jimmy Garoppolo, who's been benched, Derek Carr, who's been benched. So even the guys we looked at, even if we had them, we would still probably end up benching them and still be in this position. So there's something that we are doing wrong as an organization compared to all the other teams in the league. You want C.J. Stroud, the second overall pick, light up the NFL, and it makes you sick to your stomach. You see Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, who were taken after Sam Darnold, light up the NFL. I mean, we all see it as fans. You see other quarterbacks and how much better they do than our quarterbacks. You know, Aaron Rodgers, Terrence, Achilles, whatever. But all of our other quarterback evaluations and the people we brought in the building have been a plague to this organization. We cannot bring a competent quarterback in to save our life or have an offense with a quarterback that's competent. Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson, Josh McCown, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Geno Smith. Let's just go on and on right and on about the people we brought in and have missed. And even the people we thought about bringing in have missed. So something is wrong with our quarterback evaluation and something has to happen. Something from the ownership, GM, coach, location, some, I, I don't know what it is. The uniform, we need we need a quarterback. Uh, whether that's Rodgers next year or whatever, something has to happen. We need to have an offense that can be competent in the NFL. And I'm just tired of this quarterback carousel that we go through every year. Every offseason is the most important part of our season. It's terrible. It's terrible to watch. It's terrible to see. All right, Matt. Thank you for everything. Thanks for the content you put out for us. And uh, I'll be watching. All right. Bye. Thank you, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's uh... – there's a certain level of frustration that you have to hit, right? When you just whiff that badly each and every single time. Um, it's inexplicable. There's no logical explanation. You would think even once by accident, they might find their way into a quarterback. And that hasn't been the case. It hasn't. You know, Darnold, they used top three picks on Darnold and Zach Wilson. And both guys were not the answer. It took Geno Smith 10 years to figure out how to be a starting NFL quarterback on his fourth team. Um, maybe Chad would have been that guy if he didn't get hurt, but injuries play a fact. Like, it's just it's just so, so frustrating. It, it really is that they can't figure out this position. And especially this year, they are wasting an elite-level defense in the process. Darrell from North Carolina wants to talk some Zach and New York Jets. Yes, this is uh, Daryl, first-time caller, calling from North Carolina. Long-time New York Jets fan. I just don't understand. Um, We go through the same thing, it seems as though, every single year. And for some reason, this year should be an exception, being that we got a phenomenal defense. And although... um, we're missing our primary quarterback. We're going with Zach Wilson. And I know I I can't blame him entirely for what happened yesterday, but definitely he has a lot to do with it. But I just don't understand why why not give some of the other quarterbacks, at least not the other quarterback, but um, I can't think of his name right now, but the one Simeon? that we just got, um, at least give him an opportunity to at least try to make a difference to spark something in the team, maybe even in the offense. Maybe they can, you know, do something entirely different with um, him as opposed to um, Wilson. 
but just to throw the entire season away, because that's what's going to happen here. Um, we, are, we already lost two games. We got a game coming up, um, and I'm not even feeling really good about that game coming up. But it's just it's heartbreaking that we go through the same thing, seem like every year. But this year should be an exception, given that we do have a phenomenal defense, and we should at least try to to make a difference, you mm-hmm. know. And, and I don't know. I'm just, I guess I'm venting, but I'm I'm really upset at the same time. But anyway, appreciate what you do. I like watching your uh, podcast. Thank and you. Keep doing the great work you're doing. Take care, man. Bye. I appreciate that. Thank you for the kind words. And yeah, I, I do get that the frustration. And that, that's been the theme with these calls, right? It's because you see just how good this off, this defense is and how much the offense is holding them back. And I don't know why they don't won't even activate Trevor Simeon, right? They bring him in. He's on the practice squad. Why not activate him? Tim Boyle, they have no interest in playing as he hasn't taken his jacket off once since he's been here. But seriously, I, I, I don't. That is a very valid point, Daryl. I, I don't know why they refuse to, one, activate him or two, give it, give it a shot. But they, they better, you know, they better figure this out on offense and figure it out quick. Otherwise, we could talk about Aaron Rodgers coming back all day long, wants to make his return in, you know, mid-December. But if you're out of it, it doesn't matter. Let's go Jay in Jersey City. He's frustrated, too. Let's hear him out. Hey, what's going on, man? This is Jay from Jersey City. How are you? Long-time listener, first time calling in. I appreciate your channel, man. Uh, it actually inspired me to start watching the Jets again after the decade-plus of terrible football. So I'm sorry. You know, keep up the good work, my dude. But all this time watching your channel, this time I really had to call in because I'm sorry, but I'm sick of this shit. The coaching is terrible all around, especially in key moments. Terrible situation awareness in this era of 2024 professional football. And I'll at least say that Albright, you know, he made some progress with a bit of his coaching this year, but I still watch the film and sometimes don't understand his philosophy and principles being taught in crucial moments, especially when the rotation on the D-line sometimes. Like, it's really frustrating. But with Salah, while I think he could be a good coach, not a great coach, he just ain't missed for the city or, or the fan base at this time right now. Too many of the penalties, the lack of details, and no accountability. Like, it's terrible. But, you know, I've seen some of this shit last season. Some things masked that issue, but it's starting to come to light more and more. I mean, going in on the OC is not even, it's not even worth my breath. It's been the same result with insert name here for, it seems like forever with this fucking franchise. Hey, I got a lot to rant about, man, but. I don't want to take up too much of your time on the show, but, man, I got to start calling some more because this is some bullshit. Uh, One last thing just for the moment. I feel like this all starts from a lack of, you know, foundation being established and culture being established from from the top down with this franchise. You know, with with the management, that's just been been terrible. Finally have a a half-decent to good roster and all the terrible decisions from recent years and distant years before are still leaving this franchise stuck in the same fucking loop. And shout out to my guy Constantine, because, you know, that's my favorite Jet fan these days besides you, because I'm sick of this shit too. It's a disgrace. Man, hashtag Constantine rants, because we should all as a fan base demand and expect a much better product on the field in this modern era of 2023, 2024 NFL football days. Like, this is dog shit right now. Anyway, thanks for my call. Absolutely, man. Thank you for calling in and checking in. What well, you're welcome back anytime to call in. Constantine had a good one this week. He was he was firing and ready to go. Uh, but it, it's again the frustration is is totally valid with everything. And uh, Salah is going to get criticized this week. He has gotten criticized a ton already because of again just there's just so so many issues. And when you get the undisciplined play. That's a big part of it. I like some of the things that they have done culture-wise, Douglas and Sala, but eventually the culture doesn't mean Jack, you know what, unless you start winning some football games. It's time. It's absolutely time. Travis from Ohio. We need some Travis from Ohio positivity. Let's do it. Hey, Matt. What's up, dude? Travis from Ohio. Hey, brother. 
uh, what do you say? I mean, you, you guys have all said it all for Jets Nation and articulated it well. So here's the last thing I'll say about it. When they say same old Jets, that means, because we've had good defenses throughout the years, and the problem never has been the defense. The same old Jets means we haven't developed a sustainable, successful offense since Joe Willie Namath. And maybe it's the curse from his deal with the devil. Who knows? The curse. But it just hasn't happened. We haven't developed an offense sustainable. Now we had years. Ken O'Brien led the AFC in passing yards the one year when we made Chad. a run with that team with the sacks exchange. Vinny came in mm-hmm. and ninety eight. We went to the AFC championship that year he was awesome with the big tuna Bill Parcells. And Mark Sanchez, he you were wearing his jersey the other day, so that was the last time it reminded you of any offensive glory this team's had and Fitzpatrick the one year um, and we knew that wasn't sustainable either so they have for all the different reasons they just haven't developed a sustainable successful offense and that starts the quarterback and you got to coach up and develop a quarterback and offense so it's everything on that side of the ball and we have, I mean, think of all the receivers and running backs we've had, you know. And we've had some good offensive linemen, but just haven't had it. So, anyway, love you, brother. Go Jets. And uh, who knows? Send in your tryout video. <laughs> I mean, shit. Can't do worse than... Uh, our buddy there. I don't think so. Love you. <laughs> Travis, I appreciate you as always, my man. Um, yeah, I was looking up Kenny O'Brien. Uh, did not know that he was born on Long Island. He's a Rockville Center kid. Played high school football out in California, so I don't know if that really counts. But, yeah, look at that. Born in RVC. Love to see it. Uh, it, it it's so – you're right. The point the, – the valid point, though, that you bring up is they haven't been able to do it with any sort of consistency. There's been flashes of it. The last time, I think, was 2015 uh, when we really saw it. But even 2009 and 2010, it wasn't a great offense. They were significantly better than where they are now, but still that was an offense that held them back from their real, real, real biggest potential. It's it's just so frustrating. That's the same thing over and over and over and over again with this team. It's the same story. Peter from Hudson Valley is up next, and he has a new concept that the Jets should try. I like this. Let's do it. Hey, man. It's Peter from up in the beautiful Hudson Valley. Going in again this week after another disappointing loss. I'm going to try to be more upbeat this week, considering I think we're all down in the dumps after losing two straight then. Yes. Either of which had been turned into a win would have helped a lot, as we say, toward the playoff race. Um, calling in to uh, on the insanity <laughs> that has gone on these last few weeks, as you have mentioned in several of your videos, the uh, notion that doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result is really the definition of insanity. And uh, this team is driving us all nuts to say the least we really need to make some changes um one of which is something i've been beating the drum about in a lot of my calls for the last several seasons so i'm going to reiterate it again here and i think it's it's critical besides changes on offense with personnel and stuff when you win the toss you elect to actually take the ball and go down the field and score they really should be practicing all week a series of 10, 12, however many plays they need to that are high percentage plays, good calls, you know, one, two, get the ball out quick, whatever you got to do to get back on the field and score an opening drive touchdown. The Jets are the only team in the NFL not to do that so far this season, and they were the only team to not do it so so long into last season as well. 
and it's really ridiculous that they have not been able to do that. And then play with a lead, that'll make a defense even more motivated to go out and start kicking butt and taking names. Who cares if you're getting the ball to start the second half? When you have a defense like the Jets have, they really need to just be able to take the ball, go down the field, and score in the opening possession of the game. Period. End of story. It's got to start happening. And that way, if you play with a lead, you can kind of take a breath and feel more confident about the way the rest of the game is going to go. And hopefully it should lead to more scores as you progress throughout the game. And hopefully this will lead to something, you know, where we get some wins going and, and string some things together. So that's my uh, comment there. Uh, one small uh, question possibly for this week as well is besides, obviously, activating Izzy Abanacanda and get some speed on offense, do you think the Jets might elevate uh, Zach Koontz and maybe uh, see if he's a red zone threat? Because mm. uh, of his size, you know, can be a mismatch and maybe uh, he helps out in that area to try and get some touchdowns considering... Uh, he's a big guy. So hopefully some changes will be afoot, and this will get the Jets going, and uh, let's see what happens. We've got games coming up. We need to make some, get some wins, as always. Go. Thank you, Peter. Uh, wanted to mention again, because I- I've said it before, and you know this, but uh, your voice is so, th- so th- soothing. There we go. So soothing. The double S got me. So soothing. It, it really calmed me down after just the frustration of this, this offense on this team, but two interesting points. One that I definitely did not think of with Kuntz um, in potentially activating him. We talk a lot about uh, diminishing Uzama's role. Maybe, maybe make him inactive and activate Kuntz and your blocking tight ends Rucker. That's an interesting, and then that's what I did not think of that, but I like that one a lot. I am lukewarm on your uh, first thought, which would be different about them electing to receive and trying to go down the field and score. My fear is something that we've seen too much is you go down, you get the ball 99 times out of 100, it feels like. I'm sure that's not the exact number, but there's a lot of touchback right on the opening kickoff. So you get the ball to 25, you go three and out, you punt, and then they're starting with the ball. I don't know, on the 30, maybe. Hopefully, maybe you get uh, a beauty of a punt from uh, our guy Morstead, but you give him great field position, then you find yourselves down, and then they start with the ball. That's my fear. But to to just change something up, don't hate it. Don't hate it. That's interesting because we have seen teams go down the field and, and score, but the Jets are really bad at that. This was the first time all season against the Raiders that they scored on their opening possession. It was a field goal, too. It wasn't a touchdown. But they almost never score on their opening possession. So I think it's risky, but it's interesting to change that up. Let's go and close out with our guy, Caden, from upstate New York. Hey, Matt. This is Caden Smith calling um, from upstate New York on a Tuesday. Um, after watching the Bills lose in primetime, that was awesome. I thought they lost the game. But I'm calling in as just a Jets fan who needs to vent. Please. We're sick of this, seeing the same shit, different week of us not being able to score a freaking touchdown and wasting our championship level defense. It is sickening that, like, is one lousy touchdown that much to ask for in the modern day NFL? I don't think so, but could you please reassure me? Because it feels like it's like I'm asking for the whole world. It's just so frustrating and I just needed to vent about it. So, Sunday night, what I did. I went on a Jets Facebook page that I'm part of and just posted a bend, basically saying at this point, if this offense can't figure it out, just shut the season down. Don't rush Rodgers back. Keep him healthy for next year. Just go for a better draft pick for a good offensive tackle or wide receiver. Just at this point, there's if nothing changes, just the season's over at this point, especially if you don't beat Buffalo. And I posted this on Facebook. And basically everybody agreed with me and saying, yeah, you're totally right. The pain from the offense is horrible. But then you always have the bottom feeders of the Jets fans who are saying that I'm delusional, I don't know football, that I'm stupid, that I'm not a true fan of the team. It's like I am a diehard fan as much as you can get. But I am a frustrated fan that is sick and tired of only watching us score field goals in winnable games, winnable freaking games. I'm just sick of it. 
and the people there just on Twitter and Facebook, most of the people on Just Community are really respectful. There's always just those people though who think they're right and think that they know everything and that they can boss people around and be mean to them. It's just freaking ridiculous. I'm just sick of it. So I just needed to call and vent about the Jets. I'm just, I'm over this, man. I want to win. But with this offense and these penalties, we, we're not going anywhere. We are not a playoff team with the way we're playing. The defense is a playoff caliber defense, but our offense is nowhere near it. And we need to figure some stuff out quick. We had a chance Monday, but on um, Sunday night, but we blew it because of stupid penalties. And honestly, I'd say Salah's in a, like, his unwillingness to make changes. Like, did he bench Uzama? No. Uzama should have been benched because he caused two penalties that stopped us from scoring. And there just needs to be some major changes made to this Jets team. So thanks for taking my call. Hope we can turn the stuff around against the Bills. Because I do not want to hear from all the Bills fans up in West New York. So thanks good for luck. taking my call and go Jets. Yeah, good luck up there this week up in uh, upstate New York in Bills territory. Uh I don't know how you do Jets Facebook. Uh, I have a hard time with uh, comment sections and you know Twitter mentions, Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, I've been doing this a long time, and Facebook was some of the more toxic things that I've ever seen. So I've gotten off of, uh, Facebook personally, but if it's worked for you, I'm glad uh, that it's worked out well. It was not a good experience for me, so I got out of there. But I don't like. I think we could disagree and try to be as respectful uh, as, as possible. And sometimes I need to heed my own advice and, you know, maybe I need to do a better job of that. I'm sorry that happened to you. Um, but you're not wrong to question this offense. They, this offense has to get in gear immediately. If not, their season is over with another loss and you don't have to worry about Aaron Rodgers coming back because what's the point of bringing him back if you're out of it? That's going to do it for me on this episode. Please make sure to subscribe wherever you get the show. Leave a like if you're on Facebook. Uh, Facebook. If you're on YouTube, leave a like. Subscribe. I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in. I'm Matt O'Leary, and I'll catch you next time.